Welcome to Goodfellow Podcasts. This episode is kindly supported by Pharmac. I'm Rachel Jones, a GP, and today I'm talking to Dr. Goresh Kanji about prescribing cannabinoids for pain management in primary care. Goresh is a musculoskeletal pain specialist who completed a PhD in chronic pain in 2013. He's currently performing a randomized control trial in chronic low back pain. He's the editor of the Australasian Musculoskeletal Medicine, author of Fix Your Back and Fix Your Neck Pain, Headaches and Migraine, and founder of the New Zealand Pain Foundation, a research charity. He consults from One Health in Auckland. Welcome, Goresh. Welcome, Rachel. So let's start with some basics. What is cannabis and what are cannabis-based products? As we all know, cannabis is marijuana and derived from the plant cannabis sativa and indica. The most common form is dried plant that is smoked. Other forms include oil that is rubbed on the skin and forms that are ingested. Cannabis has over 60 cannabinoids and the main ingredients are tetrahydrocannabinol, otherwise known as THC, and cannabidiol. THC is the component responsible for euphoria. Cannabis-based products are medicinal products that are derived from the plant, such as nabiximols, which is also known as Sativex in New Zealand. And there are also some medicinal forms that are synthetic, such as nabilone, which is THC alone. So how do cannabinoids actually work? Cannabinoids work on cannabinoid receptors. There are CB1 and CB2 receptors. CB1 receptors are found in the central nervous system, while CB2 receptors are found in the immune and hemopoietic system. They act on receptors and influence action potentials in various parts of the central nervous system. So what beneficial effects do they really produce? The most evidence exists for nausea and vomiting and cancer pain, as well as increasing appetite and wasting illnesses such as HIV. So the munchies is put to good effect for people with wasting illnesses. They can also have some effect on epilepsy, pain and spasticity. Interestingly, the first medicinal use of cannabis dates back to China approximately 5,000 years ago when physicians used cannabis for childbirth as well as pain. In Europe, the first recorded benefits date back to 1839. And cannabis is not new. Cannabis has been available in the UK for over 100 years and was available in the US from 1845 to 1941 when it was removed due to its psychotropic effects as well as criminal activity. However, in the current day and age, medical marijuana has had a resurgence and is now legalized in 29 states in America. And people are able to have six or so plants for their own use, as well as some seedlings, if prescribed. So is there a distinction between getting high and symptoms getting better, or is there some overlap, Goresh? There is some overlap, Rachel. Cannabis gives people a feeling of well-being, similar to a cup of coffee, and this certainly will help people with chronic pain. With respect to reducing pain, however, the two main components, THC and cannabidiol, are thought to act synergistically. And one trial gives us a glimpse of this. In 177 people with cancer, 
a comparison was made between THC alone, THC and cannabidiol, and placebo. The study found that the combination of THC and cannabidiol was much better than THC alone or placebo. So it seems that both of the components work together. Let's talk about the flip side of the coin. What adverse effects do cannabinoids produce? Well, the side effects of cannabinoids include euphoria, psychosis, impaired memory, concentration and cognition. Sedation is also common at higher doses. We must remember most of these side effects are much worse for people who take cannabis products sporadically and are much better for those who are regular users. For smoke cannabis, obviously there are respiratory side effects such as bronchitis and exacerbation of asthma. In trials of Sativex, the most common side effects have been dizziness for 25%, drowsiness for 8%, and disorientation for 4% of the studied population. Cannabinoids also increase sympathetic nervous system activity, as shown by heart rate variability monitors. So we must remember, in conditions that are characterized by high sympathetic nervous system tone, such as cardiovascular disease, anxiety, and depression, there may be some risk of worsening symptoms. Prescribers must also be aware of the increase in sedation. Many of our patients who have chronic pain also take things like amitriptyline, benzodiazepine, and opiates, which are all sedating. And once we add Sativex to this, the sedation may preclude them from working, driving machinery, or driving motor vehicles. So which conditions benefit from these positive effects of cannabinoids? The strongest evidence is for treating nausea and vomiting for cancer patients and to help stimulate appetite in wasting disorders. The studies on chronic pain are in their infancy. And one of the reasons for this is that it was a Schedule I restricted status drug in the United States, similar to heroin. This created significant barriers in red tape for trials to be carried out. There are, however, several placebo-controlled trials for neuropathic pain, such as brachial plexus avulsion, spinal cord injury, and limb amputation, and these show some pain relief superior to placebo. Let's look at some of these trials in more detail. A trial of neuropathic pain of 125 patients randomized to Sativex or placebo found Sativex reduced pain by an average of 1.5 compared to 0.5 in the placebo group. When patients were asked if they'd like to continue the Sativex, they continued and over 52 weeks, there was no escalation of dose and patients continued to maintain benefit. Another trial looking at fibromyalgia compared nabilone, which is a THC synthetic analog to placebo, showed reductions of pain of two out of 10, as well as reductions in symptoms of fibromyalgia and anxiety. Another trial looked at rheumatoid arthritis patients. Now these patients were not controlled by standard medications. And versus placebo, they showed a reduction of pain of more than 2 out of 10 in the mornings. We must remember that a change of 1.5 to 2 out of 10 on a pain score or 30% reduction in pain score represents a level where a patient will state 
I feel much better. And this is what we call the minimally clinically important difference in scientific trials. So is there any evidence base to demonstrate that cannabinoids reduce morbidity or improve quality of life in these conditions that you have detailed? Rachel, we have to infer from the current trials that cannabinoids have been shown to improve pain as well as sleep, especially in patients with neuropathic pain. Looking at the trials, most patients were keen to continue on their medication. So it seems there is some improvement in quality of life. However, this has not been formally studied and more studies will need to be done before we have any definitive answers. So are there any studies comparing the pain management effects of cannabinoids with mainstream analgesics? And if so, Goresh, what does the research show? Yes, Rachel, there are some trials comparing nabilone and Sativex to dihydrocodone, codeine and amitriptyline. The trial compared dihydrocodone to nabilone, an oral THC analogue for neuropathic pain, and found dihydrocodone to be significantly more effective. A trial of cancer pain using 10 to 20 milligrams of Sativex was equivalent to 60 to 120 milligrams of codeine for analgesia. Another trial of amitriptyline, 10 to 20 milligrams, compared to nabilone for fibromyalgia, found no differences between the two in pain, mood or quality of life. Now there are some trials of smoke cannabis and one trial of peripheral neuropathic pain in HIV patients found a 72% reduction in pain after the first cannabis cigarette versus 15% in the placebo group. In this study, 50% of the cannabis group achieved a 30% reduction in pain. Another study found a similar finding with 46% achieving a 30% reduction in pain. The number needed to treat was 3.5 to achieve a greater than 30% reduction in pain. And we must remember in this difficult group of patients to treat, a 30% reduction in pain is a very good result. Let's move on to discuss the practicalities of prescribing cannabis-based products. I believe the Ministry of Health published on the 7th of September 2017 a clinician's guideline summarising the approvals required to prescribe cannabis-based products. Can you talk us through the main points, Garash? We must remember cannabis-based products containing THC are Class B1 controlled drugs and they require ministerial approval before prescribing them. This approval has been delegated to the Ministry of Health. The main criteria for approving cannabis-based products are they must have effectiveness in some randomised control trials. There needs to be close follow-up of the patient in place. Patients also need to have tried all the commonly available analgesics and chronic pain tablets before we even consider cannabinoid-based products. There should be no history of drug abuse or psychosis, and they can't be taking a monoamine oxidase inhibitor. What discussion points do we need to consider when patient and practitioner are exploring potential cannabinoid use for pain relief? Firstly, we must look at the patient in front of us. We can probably tell them that for chronic neuropathic pain and cancer pain, there's likely to be some improvement compared to placebos. However, 
their benefit is no better than the current medicines we have at our disposal, such as codeine, tramadol, opiates, and other chronic pain medicines such as amitriptyline, anti-epileptics, things like gabapentin, etc. Although we don't have head-to-head -head trials against some of these agents, we can sort of gather from the information we have that cannabinoids are not likely to be any better than what we currently have at our disposable for chronic pain patients. For patients with unresolved pain, medical cannabis offers us another option. And if patients cannot tolerate our currently available agents or they're not effective, then we can look to cannabis-based products. And your best practice tips on prescribing a cannabinoid? Sativex is the likely choice as this is available in New Zealand and it's an oromucosal spray. It contains 2.7 milligrams of THC and 2.5 milligrams of cannabidiol. We must advise our patients that peak concentrations occur in one to three hours as opposed to smoking cannabis, which reaches a peak within minutes. Sativex comes in a three pack and each vial has 90 sprays. Looking at the literature, at least 10 milligrams is going to be required. And this may be 20 milligrams in some patients for a reasonable analgesic effect. Patients gradually titrate their dose. They'll start with one spray in the evening over several days, then increase to two sprays, and then start taking the sprays twice a day. As stated, most patients will require between four and eight sprays with a maximum of 12 sprays per day. At this higher dose, most people will invariably experience drowsiness. So that's obviously important to point out to the patient. It's very important to point out to the patient is that that drowsiness will determine what they can and cannot do and how they function. So what are some potential barriers to prescribing? Rachel, the cost is likely to be the greatest barrier for most people. It is in the region of around $1,000 per month once approval has been gained from the Ministry of Health and there is currently no government funding. We must remember that most people with chronic pain have difficulty working and they're really on the downward financial spiral. So this is a significant barrier for most chronic pain patients in New Zealand. Medical contraindications also include previous psychosis and drug abuse. A patient sits in front of their GP and inquires if it's okay for them to import their own cannabis-based products for medicinal use in New Zealand. What advice should we be giving them? In the current legislative climate, people risk prosecution and a criminal record. I think we should be clear with our patients that it is illegal to import their own cannabis-based product and there may be consequences that we as doctors will not be able to mitigate even if they have a valid medical reason to use cannabis. And in conclusion, your take-home message, Garesh. Sativex offers a legal cannabis-based product option for chronic neuropathic pain and cancer pain, but at present has significant funding barriers. It is no better than current analgesics that are available in New Zealand, but if people cannot tolerate those options, or if they don't work, then this is certainly another option.
Thank you, Goresh. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you, Rachel. It's been a pleasure being here and thank you for inviting me along. If you're a New Zealand primary care practitioner and would like to claim CME points for listening to this podcast, fill in the reflection of learning form found at goodfellowunit.org. Thanks for listening.